0: I want to spend some time uh, briefly talking about the church in Nigeria and uh, the work that we have been um, saving for and giving toward, and that continues to go on even today while we're not there, uh, that we have started there, and um, uh, I want to talk to you about how that's going. But I just recently sent out a report to, um, to the Arbka churches about our work in Nigeria, and here's how I started my report. I said, there are places in this world that my heart hates to love and my flesh loves to hate, and Nigeria ranks as number one. In a recent National Geographic article, a journalist wrote, the smallest tasks in Nigeria sap one's dignity. He's reflecting on the comments of a political activist who has been executed, who said, to live a day in Nigeria is to die many times. And I think the more time you spend in a place like this, the more you realize that. And truly, in a lot of ways, I hate to love Nigeria because it's such a difficult place. On my way home every, every time, I, I entertain thoughts of never wanting to go back because it's so hard. It's, uh, it's a miserable place in a lot of ways. There's a lot of things that are beautiful, uh, but when you start to dig under the surface, you realize um, that the task is daunting. It's painful. It's difficult. And in the, in the realm of missions, uh, most of the missionaries who go to Nigeria end up leaving and never going back. Uh, entire denominations have pulled out of the country. Um, Nigeria is the most populated country in Africa. It has the 10th largest city in the world, which is Lagos, where I flew into. They have the most, um, they're the richest in terms of resources, uh, but also known across the world for their corruption. In fact, probably all of you get emails from Nigeria. Um, They all have millions of dollars waiting in a bank account if you just tell them your social security number and your bank account number. I promise you'll get it. this is, this, is what they, this is what they are. This is life in Nigeria. If I can use one word to describe the nation, it is corruption. Most devastatingly, that corruption is found in the church. Um, most of the leaders of not only churches but entire denominations are embroiled in either financial or sexual scandals. And most devastatingly is what has all of this has come as a result of an export from America, from the West, and it is extreme forms of charismaticism in ways that you would never uh, even imagine were realistic, were, uh, were actually going on somewhere. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you a few things, but um, along the way, I'm going to give you some bad news about the church there, but I also want to give you the good news. My, my, first, uh, my first three years going to Nigeria, I was getting a feel for what's really going on here spiritually. And uh, I set out on a quest over the last year to find anyone in the country that had a right understanding of doctrine, who understood the scriptures. There's one church in Nigeria that I could find in Lagos. Um, And they are actually a Reformed Baptist church. And uh, so I got a hold of the pastor there and uh, he agreed uh, to meet me. And so I met with him and about two months before I was ready to leave, I got an email from our coordinator, Gordon Taylor, and it was forwarded on to me from a man who emailed him out of the blue, found us on the Internet and said, I live in Nigeria. I'm a Reformed Baptist. I'm a church planner in a small town. And I want to know if you have anyone in Nigeria or anything. So he sent it on to me and I got a hold of him and he agreed to meet me in Lagos. So when I first got there, I got to meet two, uh, two men right away and had a wonderful day of fellowship with them. And they each had a, a quick message for our church. Uh, so I want to play those for you, and you can hear from these men. So please uh, play these two.
1: Oh. Hi, brothers and sisters, members of the Ephesus Church in the United States of America. My name is Obialo Umozurike. I am partnering the Trinity Baptist Church in the city of Omoaga, the capital uh, of, of the Abia State, Nigeria. I am, I am convinced that the Lord, in His good providence, has brought Brother Nick Kennecott, uh, 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 your pastor, and myself and Brother Femin Shunegawiye. Of the Sovereign Grace Bible Church together with Pastor Tony Okoro the Lord has brought us together to accomplish a great work in Nigeria at this time. I want to encourage you to support your pastor in prayer and to support the work of reformation in Nigeria with your prayers. I want you to understand that the Lord has his own agenda all over the country, there are people who are dissatisfied with the charismatic sins across our country. And we believe that as we put more effort, as we pray, as we preach, uh, in God's good providence, so many will come to the knowledge of salvation. We just have to go out and preach. The Apostle Paul tells us in, in, in one of his writings that, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds of the devil, and those weapons are prayer and preaching today they are carnal weapons that so many so called ministers are trying to employ uh, in, a, in a building the church like uh, uh, contemporary worship and uh, uh, social gospel and all that, but it's not working, that, those sort of preaching have built thousands of false churches all across the world and make millions of false converts. So I want to encourage you pray for us as we pray for you. Since I, I I came into contact with your pastor about around August, I've been praying for him, praying for his wife and kids, and praying for you and praying for his fellow pastors in the United States of America. I am very, very optimistic that Something significant is taking place unknown to the world. And by the grace of God, I'm very, very sure that the Lord will be pleased to send revivals. Please hold on to your faith. Let me tell you something. I never waver about the Christian faith at all. I've never been moved by higher criticism, liberalism, and all such evilness. Uh, the, the opposition of science firstly so called there is nothing as precious as the Christian faith our church holds on to the 1689 Baptist Confession of Faith and it is encouraging to know that it has pleased the Lord to give me the privilege to be the only reformed Baptist minister in, in the Abiyah in Omuahe and one of the few in Nigeria Please, brethren, we love you. We continue to pray for you. Do not allow what is going on in these days. Do not allow yourself to be carried out, uh, uh, carried away by the immoralities of the, of the time. Hold on to the Lord Jesus Christ. There is nothing like the Lord. The Lord bless you. As we meet, I hope we'll be able to meet one of these days. And I hope that when next Brother Nick visits Nigeria, he will visit Omoanya. And I hope when he comes, we'll be able to pray to hundreds of people to the glory of the Lord. The Lord bless you all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.
0: Amen. This This guy, his name is, I just call him Opie, um, but he, uh, he's a church planner in the town he mentioned. Um, and he currently meets with four other people who come and listen to him preach on the Lord's Day. This is uh, Femi. He is, a, he is one of the elders at the only established Reformed Baptist Church. It's in Lagos.
2: Hello, brothers and sisters, the Church of uh, Christ in Ephesus, the United States. Um, it's such a privilege to be talking to you. I've not met uh, Pastor Nicholas. we're so grateful to come in contact with him we've shared a lot of things and we're encouraged to know that God is doing wonderful work over there and all we can just say to you is that stay true to Christ and hold on to the truth of the Word of God we live at a time that is very evil and especially in your own country where the vestiges of God's truth. The landmark is being removed daily through executive fiat and um, all we can just say is that the Lord will never leave his own. Continue to hold on to the truth of the Word of God. Remember the Bible says they that must live godly in Christ must be ready to suffer persecution. Hold tight to the gospel and that's our encouragement. We thank you for praying for us. Well, by the way, my name is Femi Shonugawi. I'm one of the elders of um, Sovereign Grace Baptist Church. I mean, we are a group of people who hold to the 1689 London Baptist Confession of Faith. And um, we believe that the truth of Christ is enshrined in that doctrinal faith. So if I said to you Sovereign Grace Baptist Church I'm saying that just for you to know that we identify our church is actually Sovereign Grace Bible Church so, but for you to know that we identify with Baptist um, tenets, especially the true, we're not Pentecostal, we're not charismatic but we are reformed so we greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and we pray that you continue to hold true and we hope someday we'll be able to see the people and then Pastor Nick will also come and um, minister in our local church and meet with people in our local church. Well, I think it's a flying visit for him now. So we hope to talk some more. So God bless
0: to show you there. Well, first of all, their singing is amazing. Um, <laughs> it's terrible. Um, <laughs> this, this, this is one of... Uh, so Egg Bay is a small place. Uh, if you did, if you put a dot in the middle of the city and a radius around about two miles, there are 14 churches of the same denomination, the Evangelical Church winning all. There's numbered one through 14 they get in little squabbles, and they leave, and they go start a new one. And that church gets in a little squabble, and they leave and start a new one. Well, this is one of them. A few things to note in what you saw, um, right there is their plat- All those chairs there, all the most important men of the church go, and they sit there, and so that they can be seen the whole time. Um, sounds familiar as we've been walking through the Gospel of Luke, right? All of the prominent people want to be sitting up front and be recognized for their piousness and their... Uh, their spirituality Um, on the side is one choir of uh, of the older ladies on the other side the younger ladies and you notice at the end of the video there was a table there with a bunch of men sitting around it from start to finish for three hours those men collect and count money at the front of the church they collect they take five collections during a worship service And the whole time they count money. At the end, during communion, which was a piece of bread and some Coke and a little cup, um, at at the end of it all, these men were taking their communion cup and setting it down while they continued to count money. It's all about money. It's all about um, how much people give. They have a contest. Which row gave the most money? And at the end, the row that gave the most money gets a a plaque that they get to hold on to for that week. Well, obviously, the people who have some sort of money, they're going to all sit together. And the ones who don't, aren't. And so who gets all the praise and the honor? The people who are well-to-do. They're well-off. To us, we hear about these things, and they're so easily discerned from the Scriptures that this is exactly what Christ was speaking against. We see it in Luke. Uh, you see it very prominently in James, in the warnings that James gives in terms of uh, promoting people to places of honor. Uh, however, it's completely lost on most of them because this is all that they know. They're largely illiterate, they're ignorant of the truth, and this is what's gone on for generation to generation. And guess what? Where did it all come from? It all came from America. The Pentecostalism, the extreme charismaticism of America has been exported and it has been highlighted all the more in Africa. And so this is just a, a taste of it. And so uh, I asked a few African brothers who I know to be Christians in the town that we work in, I said, think of the top 10 churches in Egg Bay, most prominent, most, um, most influential. How many of the pastors of those 10 churches are Christians? And they both put their heads down and at the same time said, not one of them. Not one of them. So we have men who aren't Christians running churches, making a lot of money, and, um, and all of the people being deceived by it. It is, it's, Nigeria is worse than you think. And I, I, couldn't, I couldn't possibly put into words what it is like and, and explain to you how bad it really is. Um, and so there's this strange mixture of tribal religion, um, charismaticism, and some vestiges of fundamentalist Christianity from the 1950s. It's a very strange, odd mix and a lot of confusion. So all that being said, as you know, I spent the last three years preaching in pastor's conferences and felt very burdened that that wasn't getting the job done. And so we selected 11 men for the Institute of Pastoral and theological training. And Monday of the week I was there, we began. Uh, uh, we, uh, we started with the doctrine of God. I gave 24 lectures and uh, taught men, uh, apparently, in a way they've never been taught before. We take for granted that we ask questions, and we have dialogue, and we talk back and forth. They're used to someone telling them what to think. They write it down, they memorize it, and they tell it back to you. Um, so it's new for them, however, these are men who are eager to learn and they want to do great things for the church. These aren't prominent men in big churches. These are men who are not going to any churches. Uh, they're, they're going around the community on the Lord's Day and trying to evangelize people. They don't have a church, We're Christians in many ways without a home. A few of them are in churches, but not many of them. Um, They don't have a doctrine of the church. They don't know what to think about the church and what it is and why we have anything to do with it. That's their class they're doing right now on the doctrine of the church. So uh, two, three days ago, I called two of the men in my uh, program here with them, and I said, how are your studies going? And one of them, so their next class, we finished the Doctrine of God. They sent me their papers on October 31st. November 1st started their new class. One of the men on the phone, he said, my studies are going very well. I've listened to all of the lectures. I've read one of the books. I'm halfway through the other one, and all the articles are done. I'm about to start on my paper. This was uh, 11 days into their cycle. That's uh, 25 lectures, 2 uh, 250-page books and about uh, 15 articles. And he's ready to write his paper. I said, how much time are you? I'm spending three hours a day, six days a week working on my studies. I need to know what you've brought to us. I need to learn this. I need to have this information. And over and over and over again, all of these men said, you've brought all of this to us, and we have to be faithful to use it to the end that God has determined. We brought all of their books. We brought all of their audio devices. You guys paid for me to go and be there and to teach them. And so they want to be faithful to carry it out. Um, and it's just tremendous. They've agreed among themselves that they're going to meet together weekly and continue to go through the materials. And, um, and so there's a lot of difficulty in teaching uh, men who don't know how to think, don't know how to process and synthesize information and put it together and come to conclusions. However, it's, uh, it's like anything else in missions. If, uh, we see, if we see it and we engage in it, and if we're not doing it, who is going to? Nobody. The charismatics. <laughs> it's, it is corrupt in every way, and yet there's hope. As we just heard about this morning, the problem, the, the number one problem that, that we encounter when we go there is the number one problem with us. It's the same problem. And many of their problems are very much the same as they are in America. They're just highlighted because we're able to be a lot more sophisticated about it. Um, But their problem is a sin problem, and they they need help uh, very much the same way uh, that we do. So everything has gotten off to a start far greater than I could have ever imagined. And it's because you guys have been giving to Pennies for Pastors. And uh, we're continuing to um, to save uh, money for that. We are a third of the way to our goal for the three years, exactly where we wanted to be. Uh, ARBCA has already given half of their $10,000 that they've agreed to raise through a special project. And um, we are well on our way to funding this uh, whole three-year project. So continue to save your pennies. And uh, this is what it's going toward. Um, real quick, after we left Egg Bay, we went into the capital city of Abuja. Uh, the next slide, is this is the largest mosque in Nigeria. I mean, it's in the capital city, and every time across the street is a big charismatic church, and every time the mosque raises the height of its pillars, the charismatic church builds higher. And so they're having a battle to see who can be the biggest building in Nigeria. They continue to build higher and higher. Well, that's a pretty large uh, mosque. So um, in Nigeria, you're not dealing with just competing religions, different languages, different tribal groups, different religious practices, different tribal religions. Um, uh, there's, all, there's all sorts of competing factions in one place. And, uh, and so having to navigate those waters is, is very difficult in many ways when you start to deal with gospel training. Well, on my way to Abuja, I got a Facebook message from a friend who said, Hey, I hear you're in Nigeria right now. I know two guys who are there who you might want to meet up with if you're anywhere near them. Just check it out and see. Well, one of them was in Port Harcourt. I wasn't going there. But the other was in Abuja. I said, Great, give me his number. So I called him. He said, Fine, we'll meet up. Um, just so happened. Providentially, we were having dinner that night at a place right next to where he lives, and so he came over and we spent two hours talking. Um, sorry, first of all, these are the 11 students at uh, in, in the uh, institute that we've begun. These are, these are my boys. <laughs> Great group of men. These are a few of my not-so-favorite things, all of them. Uh, I, no, I like John. Um, In the left corner, you'll see uh, some need for electricians. That's a bundle of wire in the wall. Um, The middle top, that is uh, some um, smoke dried uh, catfish out on the side of the road. Uh, Those other three pictures are a gift. That's gift giving in Nigeria. We had some visitors. They brought us a chicken, a bucket of live catfish, and some bananas, plantains, and soda. And then my friend John here in the corner I got to bring him to a luxury hotel and buy him his very first apple turnover at a French bakery. And he loved it. And then I brought him to a buffet. He'd never seen anything like it before. It was amazing. Um, so that was a lot of fun. This is, this is my brother, my Nigerian twin. Uh, his name is Chris. Chris is the one I called in Abuja and met up with him, and we met the first night for about two hours. The next, next day we had lunch together for another three hours. Uh, Chris is a Reformed Baptist. Uh, Chris was, uh, he uh, did his university uh, in Sweden. He played uh, professional basketball in Europe. Um, so you see why I say he's my twin. Um, <laughs> and uh, Chris has a desire to uh, come to the United States and uh, get seminary training, and then go back to Nigeria to plant a church um, in his home country. Uh, so we were talking, and he said at one point, do you know a man by the name of Ibrahim Babangida? I said, yeah. Ibrahim Babangida was one of uh, Nigeria's former presidents. He was a president twice over, the first time by military coup. He's one of the Muslims that's uh, served as president of the country. He said, yeah, that's my uncle. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, So I began to realize very quickly that Chris knows a lot of people in Nigeria um, and his family has a great deal of influence and a lot of inroads for us to be able to engage on various levels with the whole entire nation. So um, I've talked to Chris about every week since I've been home, and uh, next month, the end of December, early January, he's going to be in the United States. He's going to spend the weekend with us at Ephesus Church. He will uh, share with us during Sunday school hour, and the next day I'm going to drive with him up to Greenville to visit Reformed Baptist Seminary and determine if that's where he wants to go, then he will come and spend three years with us at Ephesus and be trained up through that training and uh, and then go back to Nigeria to, uh, to plant a church there. So it's a good possibility we may have a Nigerian in our midst for a little while. I'm very excited about that. Chris is a very uh, solid brother. Um, You can link up with him on Facebook and get to read some of the things he's writing. Um, But there's very few like him in the nation. And um, and so it's encouraging to go and to meet men like this and to be able to engage with them. And and Lord willing to see him here in a couple months. So um, this is just scratching the surface. I'd love to share more. I'll send my report out to the church and you can read that. Um, But um, there's much to be thankful for. Uh, there's much work to do, and we're always looking for new people to go and engage. As you heard from the others, they did a fantastic job. We're trying to work in all these different sectors of a community. A lot of people look at missions and say and think, we just go, we have to go and talk to people about the gospel. Well, that's part of it. But if you don't have any method of uh, working within the community to build a community, to engage with people, then you, don't, you can't just show up in the middle of town, sit on a soapbox, and start preaching. Um, and uh, these are great opportunities to, uh, to engage with various businesses, build structures, systems, how to do business, how to save money, how to invest. All of these things are being worked out and giving us great opportunities for the gospel. So... Um, that's, a, that's a quick rundown of what we did this year, and I hope we continue to pray for Nigeria as our wings uh, spread out a little bit further. We expand our reach into other parts of the nation, and uh, Lord willing, we'll, we'll have some Nigerians through here uh, in the years ahead uh, so that we can uh, continue to serve in that capacity. So um, I know it's uh, getting on in time, and we want to head over and eat some lunch uh, but real quick, are there any uh, any questions uh, from any of you about the work uh, that was has been done? No, Chris. So Chris and I have a mutual friend on Facebook that neither of us have met before, and this guy said, "Hey, here you're in Nigeria. Uh, give this guy a call and see if you can link up." So I called him. He said, "Sure, I'll meet you." And uh, so, uh, yeah, Port Harcourt. Yeah, yeah. So there's a few. They all know each other uh, because there's so few of them, and they're all over the country. There's probably one, two, three, four, five, maybe six solidly Reformed Baptist guys who are ready to do ministry in the country, but they're in all different places. Yeah, through a local church in the United States. So if Chris was someone, for example, we wanted to see trained up and sent out back to his home country to be a national pastor, we could be a church responsible for doing that. We see his training flourish. When he's ready, he goes back. We give him his support. The other churches help in that support. And then we have a national pastor supported by our association in Nigeria. So it's a very, very good possibility. Yeah, please, Tracy. Um, being, well, his, some of his family's Muslim. Some of them are animist. His mom is a Christian. Um, so not so much in his family, more of what he deals with is his engagement with people about the gospel, um, who assume they're Christians and they're not. And so, um, as he engages those things, um, he's, he's getting a great deal of it. Um, and so it's. You know, I told him, very much the same as living in the South in the United States is what they have to a much greater degree. Everyone's a Christian, but nobody's a Christian. Um, and so uh, that's, that's more of where it comes from. But if you get into the northern regions of Nigeria, that's what you hear about on the news all the time. There's an a Islamic a radical a terrorist group called Boko Haram, and they are uh, taking over northern Nigeria. They're instituting Sharia law, and uh, they're killing Christians by the hundreds every, every day. Um, so it's, uh, northern Nigeria is a hotbed right now, and most of the missionary agencies have completely pulled out of northern Nigeria. Uh, One dollar is 150 Naira. Um, and to give you an estimate of what that would be, um, to run a generator for an entire day, this is their power, would cost about um, 30 U.S. dollars. So fuel is very expensive over there. Um, however, other things like um, I could buy, I'm considering buying my own uh, Machine over there, motorcycle. Um, it would cost me um, three hundred U.S. dollars, brand new. One of those Jinqing motorcycles that you saw Tris working on. Uh, they're Chinese. So depending what you buy, but it's yeah. I think um, the well, the average person in Nigeria lives on less than two dollars per day. But if we wanted to care for someone well, support a church, all of that sort of thing, um, a church in the U.S. could do it for um, probably no more than maybe fifteen thousand dollars a year. That's a good living.
1: A year,
0: and that's, that's private school, their food, everything. Yep. Yeah. The uh, the guards at the uh, care center they make eight hundred naira. A month. Remember, 150 naira is one U.S. dollar. They make 800 a month. That's their salary. And they live well on it. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace and for the opportunity we've had uh, this morning uh, to consider our own hearts, the heart condition of every person in the world, uh, the great enmity that we have between you and us as a result of the Uh, The fallen nature of mankind. And yet, Lord, we rejoice in you graciously giving to us your son, Jesus, that we can be set free from the bondage of sin and death and be made to be new creations with new desires and new hearts and a new longing to see others set free in the gospel of Christ. Lord, the nations do not know that they need us. They do not care that they need us. They do not love the church. They do not love Jesus. And so, Lord, you have commissioned your people to go and to serve the nations that you would be glorified across all the earth. And so we pray that you would continue to build within us a great desire, a great uh, longing to see the nations glad in Christ. And continue, Lord, we pray, to bless our work and to give us a greater um, understanding of how to work in the... Sectors of society that we engage in throughout Nigeria, and most importantly, that you would use all of those efforts to bring about uh, true Christianity, uh, where uh, where you are honored and glorified rightly by the right preaching of your word, um, by true conversion, and by a church functioning as you have uh, determined it ought. According to your scriptures. So we pray, Lord, for that work over the years ahead and uh, for these men who are already faithfully serving uh, day in and day out in that difficult place. Lord, thank you for the food that you've provided for us today. As we receive it, Lord, we pray we do so with thankful hearts. May our fellowship be sweet. May we encourage and edify one another. And throughout all of uh, the things that we do this weekend, may you most importantly be glorified. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.